What's your favorite place to grab a burger? Uh, for me, uh, it's from a chain called In-N-Out. Um, started in California, it's kind of spread throughout the South. I was able to have it this last week in Texas, and it is by far the best burger ever. Um, you've got to get it two by two, animal style. Uh, so, so, so good. And if you've ever had In-N-Out burger, you're probably nodding in agreement with me right now. Best burger ever, right? Like I'm, I'm speaking your truth. Uh, but man, some of you guys, maybe if you're from New England, you might be thinking, no, it's not in and out It's Five Guys, right? Five Guys definitely has the best burger. Two patties. They've got the Cajun seasoning on their fries. Yum. That's fantastic. Absolutely love Five Guys, right? All the way. You get all the stuff on it. Now that's, that's the best burger place, right? For some of us. Um, but then there might be some of you thinking <laughs> neither one of those places is right because I'm a vegan and you shouldn't eat meat, right? Um, vegetable burgers are way better than regular meat burgers, uh, which might be true actually because it's probably a little healthier for you. Um, a couple things I learned uh, this week, some interesting facts that you may or may not know or you may or may not even believe, but did you know that the sperm whale is the loudest animal in the entire planet. The, the loudest animal. Uh, they've recorded the call of a sperm whale to 230 decibels. Just so you, I mean, that, that sounds loud, right? But just so you have a little comparison, a rocket launching is 180 decibels. Um, so it can be heard from, from thousands of miles away. Maybe you didn't know this. Maybe you did. Maybe you believe it or not. The Earth's gravitational pull is 9.8 meters per squared second. Have no idea what that means, um, but it's true. And the sun is over 93 million miles from Earth. Now, whether you believe those things or not doesn't change how far the sun is from the Earth or how loud a sperm whale actually is. Um, I did some research and found some statistics this week from the Barna Research Group that said 58% of adults in America believe that moral truth, meaning right or wrong, is up to the individual. Um, that what's true for you might not be true for me. And the interesting thing I found out is that statistic is the exact same for those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus. You see, I think we've changed preference to personal or relative truth over absolute truth. You see, what's okay for you is okay for you. We can, we can both be right in this situation. It seems more often than not, we're looking to Google, to social media, to YouTube, to our culture to find truth um, instead of going to the author of truth. So we're in this new teaching series called The Church Defined, uh, where we're walking through the core values we have here at Grace Church. Our values are the things that shape our beliefs, uh, the decisions we make, uh, our behavior. And the first value we're going to be talking about today is our most important value, and that's that we're biblically centered. And what we mean by that is that we don't adjust the Bible to fit our life or our beliefs. We adjust our lives to fit God's word, which we believe is truth. Jesus reminds us in the book of John chapter 8, verse 31, he says, you are truly my disciples 
if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, God's word is truth, um, and there is freedom in those words. But it seems as though we've been convinced that true freedom is believing and behaving however is best for me, instead of seeking out the freedom and truth that God gives us in his words. So there's three things uh, that I want you to know about living a biblically-centered life that have the opportunity to honestly transform your life. So if you have your Bible or if your Bible app uh, sitting with you, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to be. And the first thing I want you to know about living a biblically-centered life is that while all of us want truth, we need absolute truth. I'm going to start reading in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and this is the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is one of his, his most famous sermons we hear in the New Testament. And he says this, he says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Um, I bought our home in Braintree about three, about four and a half years ago. And our home was actually built in 1900. Um, and so uh, there's some things that we found out about our house um, after we bought it uh, that we weren't sure of when we actually bought the house. And one of the things was our foundation. Uh, from the outside, everything looked pretty good. But what we found out eventually is that there's a part of our foundation that has been washed away. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, uh, but for whatever reason, the ground, uh, we're kind of on a hill, and the ground is graded towards the house instead of away from the house. And we've had a couple people look at it, uh, and they say that it shouldn't be a problem. So <laughs> I don't know if that shouldn't be or if it, it eventually is going to be, so we'd probably need to get that fixed. Um, but when you look at our house, uh, if you're ever looking for a round object, uh, a marble, a ball, a golf ball, anything like that. Um, all you have to do is look to the corner of our house where that foundation is kind of washed away and everything kind of slopes towards that corner of the house. But I think a lot of us uh, have some pretty sketchy foundations in our life when it comes to our truth. I think we've, we've allowed things other than God to shape our truth, and possibly unknowingly placed our faith on a bed of sand. You see, Jesus calls someone who does that a fool because he knows ultimately your life will collapse. The cracks in your foundation, the cracks in your faith will eventually become craters. Romans 1 talks about how the believers in that early church had traded the truth about God for a lie. And I'm honestly concerned that many of us have done the exact same thing. 
There's a man by the name of C.K. Chesterton, who was an author and apologist in the early 1900s. And he said this, he said, a dead thing goes with the stream, but only a living thing goes against us, against it. You see, we look to online, uh, we look to the world, we look to our political party, uh, we look to these voices uh, that change more often than, <laughs> than I change my undies, right? <laughs> which is, which is every month. No, just joking. It's every day. But when we, when we look to culture, when we look to, to other things, man, those things are constantly changing. And that's why we're not a politically centered church family. If we were to be focused on politics, which are always changing, then, then our values would be always changing. But God's words and promises never change. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment and reality of all of God's promises, and we can take his word, we can take his promise to the bank. It's okay that your life looks differently than the people around you. It's all right that you look at different things, you talk differently, you act differently. It's all right to be counter-cultural. Look at the life of Jesus. And the next thing I think we need to know about being biblically centered is that finding truth is easy, but living it is hard. James 1.22 says this, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. See, each and every one of us has access to truth. We do. We have access to God's word. We have the Bible app. Man, if you have the internet, you have a smartphone, um, you have access to God's truth. I don't think there's ever been a time in history where more people on this planet have had more access to God's truth, but there's also been never been a time, I think, in human history where people don't want to hear God's truth or believe God's truth. You see, having access to truth doesn't result in a changed life. So a question I want you to ask yourself is, does your knowledge of God's word actually change the way that you live your life? I don't know if you've ever gotten up early in the morning. Uh, maybe it's just really early. Uh, it's still kind of dark outside and you get yourself together and you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take the day, you know, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to rule this day. And then mid morning, the first time you actually get up out of your chair, out of your office and go to the restroom and you actually look in the mirror <laughs> and, and you look at yourself and you're like, wow, like I cannot believe I left the house looking like this. But I think that's what we're doing every single morning when we don't allow God's word to transform us from the inside out. 
Our lives are just like a hot mess. The apostle, the apostle Paul, uh, writes a letter to Timothy, who was a young, young pastor to the believers in Ephesus, which is today Western Turkey. And this is what he says to Timothy. He said, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Not relatively true, not true to you, what's true to me, not sometimes true, but, but absolutely true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, I think we need to start gauging the effectiveness of our scripture reading, the effectiveness of our Bible memorization, of our church attendance, of our, of our serving, um, not on just by the, the knowledge, but by the effect that it has on how we actually live our life, our behavior and our attitude towards other people. Like it doesn't matter if you have half the Bible memorized. It doesn't matter if you go to church every single week. If you don't allow God's word to actually transform your heart. There's a very awesome video on the Bible project. It's about a three minute video, which I would highly recommend you checking out. Uh, but it's on the Hebrew word Shema, um, and which in English that translates to to listen um, or to hear. And there are several uses of this word that we see in the Hebrew scriptures. It means to hear. It means to pay attention, to focus on, to act or responding to what you hear. And interestingly, the word Shema is also used for the English word obey. Uh, there's a passage in Exodus 19.5 and God talking to his people. And he says, now if you will Shema me or obey me, and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth, and for all the earth belongs to me. You see, in, in the scriptures, listening and doing God's word are, are two sides of the same coin. They're not, they're not separated. They can't be separated. So if you're going to live a biblically-centered life, it takes both listening to God's word and actually acting on what you heard. Uh, and that leads me to, to the last thing, and that's this, that a, a biblically-centered life moves to action. A biblically-centered life moves to action. Someone who is living a biblically-centered life is not sitting on the sidelines watching the game. They're willing to actually get in the game. And I believe, honestly, God is waiting to use a group of people ready to be used by God, ready to, to shema, to listen and to obey the word of God, which is truth, and actually start living it out. But the fact is, our church is only as biblically centered as the individual followers of Jesus that make up our church body. So a question I want you to ask yourself is, is what are you, what are you waiting for? Like if we're honestly, man, if God has called us to live a biblically centered life, what, what's, what's keeping you from actually doing that? Second Peter 3 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, 
No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent, to turn direction, to change the way they're living and turn towards the things of God. And that's what's at stake. Eternity. Where we spend eternity, every person that you love and care about. James says in, in his book that, that life, our life is compared to, to a vapor. Like it's, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow. Not, no one, no one is promised tomorrow. None of us. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of the 19th century, he said, this is a quote that he said, he said, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. And I might change that quote just a little bit to say this. The world has yet to see what God will do with a local church living their lives fully committed to living a biblically-centered life. By God's help, we aim to be that church. See, what if that became the prayer of your life? God, with, with your help, allow me to, to be, to live a life, to be a part of transforming the hearts and the lives of everybody around me in my neighborhood, in my town, in my country, and around the world. So in closing, where are you looking for truth? Where are you looking for truth? Are you looking to your friends for truth? Are you looking to social media for truth? Are you looking to our culture that is constantly changing for truth? Or, or is it based on the solid foundation of God's word? Maybe you know God's word and you know his truth, but you don't shema it. You actually don't allow it to change your life. You hear it, but you actually don't do it. There, you haven't transferred that information from your head to your heart. You don't actually obey it. You look in the mirror, walk away, and then forget what you look like. So maybe your next step is, God, help me to trust that your way is better than my way. Or maybe you've been listening, you've been obeying God as much as you know how to, but your focus, the focus of your obedience has only been for your own benefit. Maybe you need to shift your focus from spiritual growth and just learning about God to the great commission that Jesus gave us, right? That it's not just about, it's not just about you, it's about every person I know and love and care about that doesn't know you yet to make disciples of all nations, to start putting your hearing and knowledge into action. So I don't know what your next step is in living a biblically centered life but my prayer is that you will listen to his voice in your heart right now. So let's pray. Father God, I am thankful. God, that your truth, your word never changes. 
God, we, we are so easily swayed by the things around us, the people around us, what other people think, the fear of others. But God, God, your, your truth doesn't change. And so God, I pray that you would help us to live a more biblically-centered life. God, that we wouldn't just hear your words, but we would actually shema, we would actually do them because we love you and we trust you. And God, we want our lives to be transformed by you. And God, God, if, if, our, if our spiritual life, God, if the focus of our life has just been on gaining more knowledge, God, I pray that you would remind us, God, that you didn't give us your truth, you didn't give us your word, God, so that we could just hang on to it. But God, you gave that to us so that more people could know and follow Jesus. So God, help us to understand how each and in, each one of us can individually live a more biblically centered life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.